sapiens, this is Chad Skilliam welcoming you to the Chats by Chance podcast, a resource for young creators in the professional field. Hamilton, my goodness, I've seen it twice. First in LA last October, as I uh, mentioned rather excitedly in a, in a previous podcast, uh, one of the two friends that had seen it with me there spontaneously invited me to see it in Chicago a couple of weekends ago, uh, and I could not turn down that opportunity. I'm incredibly grateful to have gone, and it was even better than the first time I saw it. Uh, it's really a fascinating show. See it if you have the opportunity to, otherwise the cast recording is available online. It's a brilliant soundtr- soundtrack, a truly brilliant story based off true events, and it's gotten me into the Federalist Papers. Uh, and. As a product of that, the Constitution, which I knew relatively little about, but uh, Hamilton has sort of served as an introduction into many realms of the political sphere, and I was, as I said, happy to see it again in Chicago. After the performance, uh, my friend and I made our way down to the main floor because we'd been in balcony seats, and we were, you know, just snooping around, seeing what was what in the theater, as most of the other audience members had trickled out, uh, and we were peering down into the orchestra pit, looking at the arrangement, and the conductor popped his head up. We had seen him uh, (laughs) throughout the performance, his head kind of bouncing out above the pit, uh, his name's Austin Deadman, and he's 22 years old, which blew my mind. I asked him that day if he would be interested in recording a podcast. He said yes. We set it up, and Austin Deadman is on the show today. As I said, he's a 22-year-old musician from Chicago. He's a graduate of Columbia College. In this interview, we discuss the thrill and the challenge of playing for Hamilton uh, as an alternate conductor and uh, substitute musician. He plays percussion and piano in the show. Uh, We, of course, discuss how he landed the gig. It's a great story. His musical education, how to surround yourself with musicians who are more advanced than you to push your skill level. Uh, Austin talks about finding your scene geographically his love for live performance, how he can use music to better his community, and share some time management tips. Uh, Austin places a real emphasis on health and well-being, which I find inspiring, Uh, so we hear about those routines. It includes some thoughts on the nature of drugs, and we wrap up with his perspective on life and the origins of his influence, both musical and otherwise. There are links to his Instagram profile and Bandcamp account in the show notes to this episode. Uh, If you are enjoying Chance by Chance, you can, of course, go to chancebychance.com and take a look around there. All sorts of great stuff for you. Uh, But for now, please enjoy my conversation with Austin Deadman. Austin, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Chance. Thanks, man. First question today is the same question I asked... Uh, after the performance of Hamilton, when you popped your head out of the orchestra pit, how fun is it playing for that show? Oh my goodness, it's it's fun, but it's it's uh the the intensity level is still there too, so it's it's something I enjoy, but at the same time it's kind of burdensome because the, the fact is I'm just one of the subs, and all of the musicians have ten times the musicality that I have, and so for me to have to give them cues is kind of like. Kind of insane in my mind, but I have to just focus on, okay, this is my job, Um, I've been delegated to do this, and I'm going to give it my best, 
And so I, I just do my best to enjoy every moment of it. Oh, that's beautiful. And uh, I mean, you must be there for a reason. It seems like you, uh, maybe you don't have the years of experience that some of these other musicians do, but uh, you've definitely got the musicality from, from what I saw that night and, uh, and heard online. Well, I appreciate it for sure. How did you get involved with the production initially? So I, I saw the show in Chicago. I understand that that's also your hometown. How did it, how did uh, this all get lined up? It's it's crazy. It's it's sort of um, a collaboration, not a collaboration, but um, sort of a bunch of different events happened. Uh, the main one is um, I actually play percussion in my dad's band. It's a horn band that is kind of comprised of some of the theater musicians here in Chicago, and so I just started you know playing. I was playing congas and I was doing some keyboard stuff and the drummer for that band is the regular percussionist for Hamilton and so he was able to hear me play and it was through that connection that I became one of the subs for the percussion chair for Hamilton in Chicago and so I was doing that I started back in uh, November Uh, it was a little over a year ago now and the, the music director of the show asked me just kind of in passing almost, hey, do, do you still play piano? And I said, yeah. Um, and he said, well, why don't you learn a couple of songs from the show and maybe we'll get you doing some rehearsals. We'll see what you can do. And I said, okay, great. So I learned a couple of songs and the next thing I knew I was, I was doing some rehearsals for Hamilton just for, for the choreographers, um, choreography rehearsals and staging and stuff like that. And it wasn't too long after that when the music director asked me, what are your conducting chops like? And I said, well, I could show you what I can do. And so I showed him and basically said, yeah, we can work with that. I want to train you up to become one of our subs. And that's that's it. <laughs> it's just kind of crazy how it all transpired that way. But it's it's just been really humbling for me and a great opportunity to... It's, it's stretched me musically for sure. Um, having wow. to learn this music and to play with these players. I mean, the, the, the time, just the time alone. Um, everyone has such a great sense of time. And so it's really helped me develop in just how to play well with others and how to, how to gel with everyone. And so it's, wow. it's been great, really great. You mentioned that um, the percussionist for Hamilton um, performs with your dad's band. What is, what is the name of that group that you also play in? Uh, the group the group is called Real Horns, and basically, since it's comprised of a bunch of theater musicians, it's it, it, we don't really get to play out very much just because scheduling-wise it's difficult, but we do get to play a couple times per year, I would say, and uh, we actually just started rehearsing not too long ago. So yeah, you should check them out. We do like blood, sweat, and tears stuff. We do Chicago <laughs> tunes. Um, Jamiroquai, Dirty Loops, it's, it's a bunch of cool stuff. That sounds fun. Yeah, man. And, uh, I guess music really runs in the family then. Um, I was listening to some of the tracks off Deadman Bro's senior recital, um, which we can get to, but, uh, on, on that recording, you, uh, you played with your brother, um, so your dad, your brother, is, uh, is there anyone else in the family that's musically inclined? Yeah, so um, both of my parents are professional musicians. My mom is a violin teacher and viola teacher as well. And then my dad, you know, he plays trumpet and he's also an arranger. My brother plays piano and he's actually one of the key two subs on Hamilton. Kind of funny how that worked out as well. 
And um, he plays in this other group called King of Mars, and he plays keyboard in that group. And I just recently was um, asked to be the regular percussionist for that group. And so now we're both in the same band, me and my brother, which is really fun. I do have a sister, but she, she was a journalism major. She still does music as a hobby, which is fun. But yeah, journalism is her main thing. How early did you start playing music? Ah, uh, let's see. I started playing piano when I was six and a half. Well, no, no, no. I should, I should rephrase. I started taking lessons when I was six and a half, but we had always had a piano at the house, and I was tinkering around with it um, probably at the age of two. At least that's what my parents told me. So I was, you know, taking different melodies that I would hear at church or anything like that, and then I would actually transpose the melodies as well. So that's when my parents kind of got the, the, they basically thought early on, oh yeah, that maybe, uh, maybe he'll go into music. Um, but having a teacher as a mom, well, um, she was able to see kind of all of the students who she had, who, whose parents kind of forced them into music. And so my parents made it a point just because they were musicians, they didn't want to force that upon me or upon any of us three. And so it was really nice how I was able to just sort of ask my parents, hey, could I take some lessons? That would be really cool. And they wanted to make sure that it was something I wanted to do, not just something they wanted me to do or force me to do. So I'm super grateful for that. Did you play in bands throughout school? Um, it, it, I mean, you're a full-fledged professional now. How, how did you get to this point? It's crazy. So I was actually homeschooled all the way up through high school. And so the, the music experience that I had was really only through church. And I was part of their student band. We did contemporary Christian rock, uh, kind of worship music. And I did that in my junior high and high school years. And I also had this unique opportunity to be involved with the Elmhurst College jazz program um, while I was still in high school because I took lessons there through the community. And we were good mm. friends with some of the uh, administrative office people who do all their stuff. And we basically figured out a way where I could be involved with their program, but I wouldn't have gotten any college credit for it. So in exchange for the, uh, the free classes, so to speak, I was able to, to be involved with that. And, and that was such a great experience because I got to work with all these upper-level people who were in college, and I was just a sophomore in high school at the time. So um, that really grew me musically, and I continued lessons throughout my high school years and being involved with their jazz program, um, both in combos and um, also as a piano accompanist for a vocal jazz ensemble. So there's that, and then plus the church playing, and then also just um, other random gigs here and there. You know, maybe like random weddings and stuff like that, just playing prelude music. And so all those different experiences just kind of helped me and it they stretched me musically so I would have to like play well not just being a classical player but oh here's a pop gig that I'm doing now and, and oh I'm now I'm doing a jazz gig and um, I also you know since I'm a percussionist as well playing piano and drums simultaneously and growing in those instruments and um, being able to do all of that kind of at the same time I think just really spearheaded my musical growth and that just continued all the way up through my college years and up until now. A through line in your story that I'm already noticing is um, this idea of stretching yourself by surrounding yourself 
with maybe more advanced musicians. For um, younger individuals, like maybe junior high, high school age, uh, how would you recommend pushing for for them to push themselves musically? Um, Let's say they're taking lessons on their own uh, and have a, a great passion for music. And, they, and they're not exactly sure how they can stretch themselves in the way you're describing. Are there programs or, or anything you would recommend people research? Or even just like jamming? Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so that's, that's a loaded question for sure. I think in, in terms of surrounding yourself with people who are better than you, um, you know, the internet is such a vast place. I mean, you can look at any, like, any music that's ever existed practically um, is on the internet. What people have, at least the younger generation now, we have this very unique opportunity to to see what's out there and to, to realize the caliber of some of these great musicians who are just, there, there are so many of them. Even just in Chicago alone, I mean, there are, there are hundreds of incredible drummers. So just that one instrument, you think, okay, wow. And then you think about, on a global scale, all the great music that's out there. And so that's definitely a good place to start. Um, but there's nothing that really beats just, like you said, jamming with people, making music with others. And I think what that takes is it takes someone who's really passionate about, okay, I need to find someone who's better than me and like befriend them, become friends with them. And I mean, I mean they're everywhere, but especially in the bigger cities, um, places like New York, um, they have their own scene. Chicago has its own scene. LA has its own scene. Nashville has its own scene. There's even a scene in Orlando that you know in, in Washington too. Like all these different places, and so it really is. It's upon the individual to figure out where they want to end up um, locationally, um, just where they want to be in the world, and then start narrowing it down from there. Because the fact of the matter is, is there are like like my dad is arguably like the the number one call trumpet player in Chicago. I mean, that's that's his status. Um, but at the same time, he plays trumpet in a certain way, and then if someone's like, oh, I really need a, a great classical trumpet player for this, well, then it's going to be the classical guy. So in the city of Chicago, you can be the best, but at the same time, there are other people who play differently, and so it depends on what the need is, um them to be hired for certain gigs and so you have all these great players out there and so just to surround yourself with them um and try to aspire to be like them as well um it's really upon the individual to kind of take that initiative so i think it starts with this is where i want to end up now i get to narrow down my options from there how are you narrowing things down for yourself first of all is chicago locationally the place for you to be in the long term it's hard to say. Chicago's where I grew up, and so I have a lot of connections here. So right now, I'm busy just doing music full-time, and I'm just grateful to be able to, to do that. But for me, it's it's sort of like I want to sort of venture out and, and see what some of the other scenes are like. I've been to Nashville once when I was uh, younger, so I'm, I'm planning on actually going back there. I'm also planning to go to L.A. just to see what the scene is like and see if it's a place where I might want to end up. Because I've heard, honestly, mixed feelings about the vibe out in L.A. And, and just like New York, too, I, I want to check that place out. So I can kind of see what's out there and 
make an informed decision on, okay, this is a place where I want to end up, or uh, maybe I don't want to end up here. But um, for the time being, Chicago is definitely a great place for me to be, I feel, um, so I can grow musically and just be able to make a living doing music. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, although there's a little bit of uncertainty. And in case we... um. I don't think we've mentioned this yet, but you're 22, right? That's correct. I'm. I'll turn 23 in about a month from now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So still very young, of course. As are uh, a lot of the people that will be listening. Do you have any idea of what? Because first you mentioned location, and then also expertise within your field of music, whether that's like playing in an orchestra or um, you know playing jazz or the, or the genre of music. Uh, you have any idea, like, what you would like to develop an expertise in? Yeah, definitely live playing is something that I'm interested in. I definitely want to increase my expertise in playing live music. I- I've always been passionate about how can I get a good sound live? Because all of the shows that I've seen, or, or out of all of the shows that I've seen live before, I- I've realized, okay, there's, like, this sort of uber-simplistic... We're just going to play the chords and and maybe take a solo in the tonal key center and kind of that's it. That's kind of the extent of the musicality that I I see live typically. But then there's like this, there's this underground sort of jazz neo-soul movement here in Chicago. The jazz scene and the neo-soul, all that stuff. And it's just this great vibe and people are doing incredibly uh, complex and really thoughtful musical things. And so that's something that interests me. Like, how can I use music to to not just to like not for myself, but to like better my community, to to give back to my community. Um, and I feel like I can only do that if I just have a complete competence with my instrument, where I can just sit down and I don't have to think about anything. Because that's I was trained to to read notes essentially, and. I also studied jazz in college, but I still feel like I have to think really hard when I play, and that's something that I'm trying to get over, is being able to just sit down at my instrument and like, all right, I want to say this, and then just to be able to do that. And so part of how I'm doing that is I'm just listening to music and just trying to just, just to enjoy it, and then also to to listen to it analytically too and go, what is happening here? How's Keith Jarrett playing this certain line over these certain chord changes and then trying to mimic that in my own playing and just to see what that feels like. And, um, you know, it takes time. It takes energy. And I also have to practice for my gigs as well. But if I just had a choice to just practice, I I would do that. I would listen to something intently, analytically, and go, okay, what's going on here? And how can I sort of replicate that and then make it my own? So that's basically what I'm working on now. It's it's easy to get distracted in, in our society. It's it's really easy for me to just be able to sit down and mess around with Ableton for 12 hours and go, oh, well, there goes the day. And I, I could have done something a lot more or something like that. And albeit, it, Ableton's a great tool. I love using the program. I use it in live performance all the time, um, using loops um, and, and such. And so what I'll do is I'll actually like set aside time dedicated just toward learning the program so I can be focused and so I'm not just aimlessly trying out random things and 
well, I saw it on the internet, so I'm going to try it. Like, I don't try to do that. Um, but then at the same time, I have to be able to say no to that and go, I'm going to spend four hours just figuring out my instrument, and then maybe I'll go back to doing Ableton stuff later. So that's definitely um, something I'm growing in as well. It's just having good time management. It's really important. Can you speak more on that? How, how do you schedule your time in any given week? And even uh, as uh, tangibly as like do you, uh, the calendar you keep, do you have a paper calendar? Do you, uh, do you have it on your phone? How do you schedule things hourly? Yeah, give me the, uh, the, the full picture of scheduling for you. Okay, so it's been a process. Um, throughout my college years, I've had to figure out time management. And first of all, it's just so incredibly important. And it's, it's important to treat every minute with a certain amount of intensity. And like, okay, I have 15 minutes to do this. I'm going to like treat this 15 minutes with so much care. Um, but in terms of my process of, of how I organize my time and how I organize my schedule, um, I use iCalendar. Everything's all synced up, so I have everything on my phone that's synced to my computer, and that's about the extent of that. Um, in terms of how I manage my time, I manage it based on priorities, um, completely on priorities. So health is essential to being a live performer. If, since I'm in the performing arts, my body is what I use. It's like my conduit of my livelihood. So health is really important. So I have to make sure that I go to the gym at least three times a week. And I usually plan out, let's say, an hour and 20 minutes total from the time I leave the house to the time I get back. And I always try to plan ahead as well. So it's like, okay, well, if I have to go to the gym on Monday, Wednesday, Friday... That means Tuesday, Thursday, I'm going to track keys for these projects that are coming up. And so I just kind of piece together my week sort of based on priorities. And so like health is a, is a big priority. Um, my musical growth is a big priority. So I have to actually set aside time not to practice for upcoming gigs, not to just look at videos of whatever on YouTube um, whether it's music related or electronics related or whatever it is, um, I have to say no to like my hobbies. I have to say no to all that stuff and go, all right, I'm going to spend four hours just practicing piano. Um, however, I feel I need to grow in that particular week. I'll, I'll maybe say, okay, I want to be able to do this by the end of the week. It could be something as simple as I want to be able to play the changes to giant steps. And so I'll just make sure that I can do that by the end of the week. And I set aside time for that. And then the other thing I have to prioritize is income. Um, because so far, I've gone to the gym and I've practiced. And I've actually made negative dollars because I haven't made any money yet. So I, I have to figure out, okay, well, let's see. Hamilton, uh, the, the Chicago Hamilton Company is asking me to do two rehearsals this week. And... I'm going to do it because they're going to pay me to play piano. That's awesome. So I figure that into my schedule and I kind of work around that. And then I have to be careful too because I, can, I could easily get myself to the point to where I say yes to so many things that I'm spreading myself too thin. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, I wish I had X amount of hours to do this project or I need X amount of hours to do this project. But now I don't because I said yes to too many things. And that's actually a thing. So 
Um, like, for example, um, this arranging project that I'm doing, like I spoke of earlier for Miguel, um, to make the charts and to create the demos in Logic took easily three times the amount of time than I anticipated. I thought it would probably take um, eight hours or so total. And I started this past Sunday and I was actually starting to lose sleep because I had to cram in so many hours because I had other commitments that I was doing. So that's just part of being a freelancer. Sometimes you just say yes to a, a workload that you think is manageable and then it turns out unexpectedly, oh, I have so much stuff to do. Um, and so that's why it's important to be focused and say, no, I have to do this. I have to prioritize, um, you know, whatever the gig is that has to take the most priority. And so that's basically how I go about it. Uh, one thing I want to pick out of that is the gym. You said that health is the, the first priority, which is awesome because it is key to, to doing anything in life. Like your, your well-being comes first and the better equipped you are to, uh, to be a, a free agent in the world, the better work you'll be able to do and the better everything else will be. Um, and in all of the, the conversations I've had with musicians, I think this is maybe the first or at least one of the, one of the only couple of times that health and especially exercise has come, uh, come up. I just want to ask, uh, for a live performer, what do you focus on when you when you go to the gym? You uh, you play piano, you play percussion, and percussion especially is you know very uh, physical work. How how do you focus on exercising, or or I should say, what specifically um, do you have any routines that you that you follow? For sure. Um, the short answer is, I really don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Sorry to be anticlimactic. <laughs> Um, the, the reason for that is there's so much collusion about health and well-being online. I mean, it's, it's so, there's so much information out there and not all of it is necessarily applicable to any one person. So you kind of have to figure it out for yourself what it is you need. Um, and it's a lot, um, it's really goal-based. So my goal is to bulk up. Some people's goal is the opposite. Some people want to like shed a bunch of pounds and so you have to sort of start with, okay, what do I want? What's the result that I want? And then go from there. So my result is bulk up. So it means I have to eat a lot and then also like work on my muscles a lot. So I, I mainly do upper body stuff when I go to the gym. I do a little bit of cardio just to get work, uh, just to get warmed up. And then in terms of like my diet, um, I stay away from fried foods. I don't like soda, so I don't drink it. Um, I also I also don't drink any alcohol either. So I, I just I drink a lot of water, and try to eat clean. And that's really about it. <laughs> yeah. Are you a fan of uh, of coffee or tea? I drink coffee maybe once a week or so. Wow. So not much. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It, um. There was an experience I had one time. Um, the power went out in my town, and I was running some... This was back when I was, I think, in junior high or something, and my dad had to run some errands, and I went with him to help or something like that. And we passed by a McDonald's. You know, Our whole town was basically out of power. Is this a, a suburb of Chicago? Yeah, it's in uh, Elmhurst. And um, we were basically driving, and the McDonald's restaurant that we passed by 
it had you know generators and backup systems and everything so they were up and running and the line out of the door now this was like around <laughs> breakfast time ish but it was i i could i could tell you with certainty that the line was out the door like to the street um for people to get their morning coffee cuz they couldn't make it themselves and so i thought wow. i never want to be in a line that big because I have to depend on a substance just to function normally. So it was, I basically made a decision there. Like I really don't want to become addicted to this. And so, especially, um, being in college and being surrounded by people who depend on the caffeine high just to function normally. I was like, man, I, that, that's kind of like a detriment. It's almost like a weakness. That's how I viewed it was like, I don't want to put myself I don't want to go down that road of like having to depend on a substance uh, so I can function normally. So I do have coffee if I feel like I really need the caffeine buzz, um, but generally I just try to get a lot of sleep and then use that as my source of energy. Yeah, and when you uh, when you limit that caffeine consum- consumption, it'll be more potent on the days that you do actually need it. Um, you know, I've, I've got a, I've got a good friend who only drinks water and I've, uh, I've always admired that. I, uh, I would like to lessen my dependency on, on caffeine for sure. Um, one of these days I'm going to have to work up the courage to, uh, to try it for a month or two at least. Yeah. Yeah. I will say if you were to try it all at once, you'd, you'd start getting headaches and, and that, you know, it'd be, it'd be a, a bad scene. But I, I suppose if anyone were to try and do it, they would just have to sort of lessen the intake and, and be realistic with, okay, here's where I'm at. I need to slowly and gradually get to this place, like baby steps, kind of. That's the right idea. So hearing you say um, you didn't want to have the dependency that these other people have, uh, it, it kind of got my brain going on uh, other commonalities across the music scene. Um, you, you said you also don't drink alcohol. Um, and in the music scene or, you know, creative crowds in general, there's frequently like drugs, alcohol, um, all sorts of, uh, perhaps entertaining, but definitely questionable behavior. Have you ever encountered that? Or have you always steered clear of, of that side of the industry? Yeah, it's 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 inevitable to come across that in such an artistic, creative industry. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't drink, I don't do any drugs. Um, heck, I don't even like soda because it, it's just the fizziness kind of bugs me. But <laughs> well, that's just a ton of sugar anyway. Like. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm surrounded constantly by you know the, the alcohol that's that's in the scene, and. I've been asked, of course, like, hey, do you want to go out for drinks? And I'll, of course, say yes, and because and, it's a hang, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's not necessarily for the drinking. It's, it's to hang out with people, to socialize. It's all very important stuff. So I'll still go out with people for drinks, and I'll happily have a glass of water and, you know, some whatever pretzels that they might have. or You know, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I've actually had people after performances say, hey, let me buy you a drink. You, you sounded so great. Um, and I'll say, oh, thank you. You know, I'll just kind of kindly say thank you, but I'm, I don't drink. It's, it's just a choice. Um, and the reason for that is just I, I don't want to impair the, the body that God gave me. It's, it's like I really, I really want to honor my body. And, and so that I, I see consuming alcohol. You know, some people say, okay, you know, moderation. Like, sure, that's fine. But how much is too much? That's subjective, of course. 
And so I just kind of have decided for myself that I don't really want to go down that road in the first place. And I don't want to try to depend on any sort of drug or any sort of substance uh, so I can function normally. I just want to, again, honor my body. So that's basically why I chose not to drink or do any drugs. Um, but yeah, it's it's been, honestly, I haven't really had any bad experiences of people, or like peer pressure or anything like that. Um, everyone's really respectful of, oh, this is your choice. Okay, I respect that. Like, that's totally cool. Um, and I'll be around people when they're drinking or smoking something and it's fine. I'm just, I chose not to do that. You choose to do that. That's fine. It's so there, there's this mutual respect and, and I'm really appreciative of that for sure. As compelling as peer pressure often feels when you do decline something, I've always noticed that people don't actually care. Um, we like to, we like to think that people will be disappointed, but it really doesn't matter if you, if you turn something down. Yeah. Right, right. As long as you don't condemn people for their choices, if it, it'd be different if, if I said, no, I, I'm not going to drink. I, I don't want to, like, damage my body. And I don't want to condemn anyone for their choices. It, it's their choice. It's their body. And so just like I choose not to, some people choose to. Um, both of my parents drink. Like, I see them drink every night. And they're not alcoholics. I, I wouldn't say that because I don't see it as them depending on a substance it's like oh at the end of the day i'm gonna enjoy a nice glass of wine maybe two and it's fine and and the other there's this whole tolerance thing too where if if you drink a little bit often enough your your body is more tolerant of it whereas if i were to try and do that i think i would just completely freak out but um like i said it's it's just a choice you know what i mean yeah would you say that religion has been well certainly one of the most influential aspects of your life you seem to have your uh, your mind wrapped around of like certain concepts very well. Anything from like organization to uh, to substances to uh, music and engaging with the community. Um, you have very strong opinions, and I'm wondering, as as a person in the world, uh, what what your outlook is, and if that has been derived from a spiritual standpoint or imparted to you from uh, parents or professors, um, how, how has your view of the world been shaped over the years? Wow, I love that question. And I'm going to try and answer it like the most direct way possible. It's definitely a culmination of all those things, for sure. Um, whether it's spiritually, whether it's through experiences, whether it's through just interaction with other people, um, just being observant like, oh, this is a choice that this person made and this is how I'm looking at it. Like, okay, did it work out for that person? Did it not work out for that person? Or, oh, this is how so-and-so speaks to this other person. And when they speak to that person in that certain way, is that going to give you a good result? So I guess I'm really result-based. But definitely, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and I believe that we were all created to worship Christ. Like, that's foundational for me. I serve him. And so everything I do is for his glory and everything else just kind of falls into place after that. Other than that, it's, it's just, like I said, um, personal experience and just a culmination of all that stuff. That's kind of, that's how I am who I am, I guess. 
coming up on uh, on the end of the conversation here, uh, just being respectful of your time, I'm going to hit you with some rapid-fire questions. Who musically has been influential in your life? Any favorite artists? Oh, okay. There's just so many out there. In terms of musically, who I enjoy listening to, there's a pianist named Kenny Werner, um, who's alive and active doing music right now, a jazz pianist, but he also can play classical music really well as as well. So um, I really like his playing, and I'm I'm trying to figure out how to play like him, just because it's I I think the world of him. Um, some others, um, Bill Evans is someone who I enjoy listening to and, and trying to play like. Um, let's see who else is there. Red Garland is one of them. Um, there's also um, there's a pianist whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but he's an Armenian pianist, and I just kind of discovered him recently. Um, his name is Tigran uh, how do I pronounce his name? Tigran Hamasian, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Um, he's been, re- I mean, I just, I really like the way he plays piano. Jazz pianist and um, just really, really great stuff. Um, in terms of like who I look up to, um, not just as, not, not just for their music, but for what they're about. Um, I really like the band Hillsong. Um <laughs> Like, that would be one of my biggest dream jobs is to actually be a keys player for Hillsong. That would be just incredible. Um, Some other notable artists are um, Newsboys. Who else is there? um, Yeah, I I really like Newsboys and Hillsong for sure. Um, Just for what they stand for, and also their music is just great. Um, Yeah. Yeah, those are the short answers. That's a good handful right there. Um, and as long as you mention dream jobs, uh, if you could be anywhere in, let's say, three to five years, uh, taking out any reali- realistic concept of time or money, what would your life look like? Um, optimally, if you could be anywhere in three to five years, what are you doing? Where are you? Wildest imagination. My goodness. Um, let's see. I... I imagine myself traveling, um, playing my music to as many people as possible. I just kind of want to reach the world. And in terms of the music that I would want to be playing, um, my heart's really in worship music. That's that's something I'm really into. But at the same time, I would want to be playing music that is um, not not uber simple. Um, but like something that sounds like Snarky Puppy or like Knower or, or something that's like complex and musically satisfying to listen to, um, but also meaningful as well. And so for me to be like a keys player or band director or both, that seems to be pretty popular now is for uh, keys players to also be like the music directors who make all the charts and arrangements. Um, that's something I'm into as well. So I would see myself doing all of that stuff, um, but in a in a worship kind of culture. So that's my dream job. <laughs> Are there uh, any links or like social media profiles that people can keep up with 
whatever you're up to or listen to any tunes you have out? Anything you want to share here? Um, sure. Yeah, I my Instagram is, is definitely what I'm on the most. It's Austin underscore Deadman. So the, the last name is D-E-A-D-M-A-N. That is my last name. <laughs> That's, man, it's so hardcore. I, like, I know you don't choose your last name, but uh, that, I think that's awesome. <laughs> it's funny because, like, as, as a kid growing up, people were like, oh, dead man, you're, you're a dead man. You know, they, they would make fun of me and, and give me all kinds of grief. But now people are like, wow, you have such a cool last name. At some point, it became cool. I think kids just find any reason to pick on other kids. It's a uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean we we didn't really know anything back then. Yeah, no, it is a cool name though. Um, so Austin underscore Deadman, and you're most active on Instagram. Yeah, I would say so. That's I mean I I go on Facebook every now and then, but Instagram is definitely where it's at. I do have a band camp, but I can't load up the actual site right now because my Wi-Fi is down. I can't remember the exact name of it. It's a it's a shared um, it's a shared account with my brother, so it might be like Deadman Brothers or something like that. Um, we just posted our senior recital recently. I think it's deadmanbros.bandcamp.com. Awesome. Does that does that ring a bell? <laughs> that actually does ring a yeah, bell. Yeah, that's that's where I found uh, the senior recital album, which is very cool. Perfect. Well, that's that's definitely a place to check out some stuff. I'm going to be hopefully uploading some more stuff in the near future cool uh, yeah man i'll look forward to it i'm really glad that we got to connect over this um hamilton uh i'm a huge fan of the show and it was it I, like i never expected to to talk to the conductor afterward uh much less that you would be 22 and totally down to record a podcast uh but i guess sometimes it just clicks yeah man i i'm glad it did this is this has been great man all right well uh will you take care and uh, thanks for coming on the podcast All right, thanks for having me, Chance. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit chancebychance.com where you can find more episodes, videos, essays, an email newsletter sign-up, some information about the platform, and a support page. As always, any support you can offer is greatly appreciated. Once again, there are links to Austin's Instagram profile and Bandcamp account in the show notes to this episode. We'll leave you with a track. This is an original piece and original recording by Austin Deadman himself titled Thunder Snow. Until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>